introverted noise. Hurry up, Daddy. Let's do it. Out to the right. Five seconds to go in the first half. Dante fires deep to the left. Moss caught it at the 11, but now he oh, pitches it. This. To oh, Mo Williams. Touchdown. You got it, big Welcome back to another episode of the, uh, this time it's just a climb in the pocket, crew, the OG crew, almost the full crew. We, uh, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Clamps, wide receiver one, DB one, Miles Gorham. How you doing, my man? How you doing? Thought you were talking about Yinka for a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> the clamp, you, when, you, when you said Clamps, man, we talking about MMA, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Things are things are chilling over here. Just uh, no, I've been working from home for what, like six months. Uh, best, living here. your best life, bro. Gonna be here for a while, man. <laughs> yeah, I finally got some time off of work next week, so I'm about to chill. I'm about to do nothing. Close my computer. Don't bother me. Okay. All right. Y'all hear and, that? Uh, yeah. Don't bother Miles. We message receive. <laughs> message receive. And uh, our man, they're not all the way grown in yet. But they're grown in more than that beard. Saxy <laughs> Prince, how you doing? Yeah. How you been? Long time no see, long time no chat. How's it going, my man? Yeah, man, I've missed it. I, I've, uh, you know, podcasting is definitely something I enjoy doing. And obviously, with my brothers, I, lo- I love doing it. So I'm excited to get started. Let's talk. Let's talk some Vikings. All right, let's talk Vikings. And I feel like I skipped it over, but you know, I'm hosting Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter, Brown Jason, all that good stuff. Let's talk Vikings. Prince, you ain't been here for a while, but the team is one and four. We've had some, um, I guess we've had some, some, some really nice moral victories this season. You know, all the teams that have beat us have been pretty okay. Uh, if you look at you know some of the advanced analytics that look at how the team is overall, we don't seem to be as bad as our record would suggest, like DVOA, if you look at pro football focus grades and some other things, like it looks like we are an okay football team, but we're one in four. I'm sure you got some opinions on this. Talk to me, Saxy Prince. What are your thoughts on things thus far in the season? And then more specifically, how did you feel watching the Vikings do what we all thought the Vikings would do when they had that small lead against Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter of the last game? Um, so I knew that, like, I called the Seahawks losing that game. When we went up 13, I was actually watching with a friend, and we went up 13-0, I turned to my friend, and I'm just like, this game isn't over. I just wait till the second half. And then, and sure enough, the implosion happened. Um, it's been... I can't get frustrated at what's been this year because this is the year that I actually more or less predicted. I saw there being kind of a downhill slope. Um, you guys know how I feel about Stefan Diggs. Um, I, 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 when he exited, I was just like, yeah, this, this team is going to need to reset, reset hard. Um, so yeah, it, it hasn't been frustrating for me just because like, again, this, this was my expectation for the year. Um, I think that the Vikings are a barely middle of the road team. If that, uh, they have some, yeah. Do they have some weapons at, at various positions? Sure. But I think that's no different than most of the teams in the league. Um, I, 
it's hard for me to say that they're not living up to their potential because this is the potential that I thought that they had. Um, yeah, are they being competitive in some games? Sure. Um, but they're also getting tranced in other games as well, too, which is what I expect for a team that is middle of the road. Um, <clears throat> I think the other question that you asked, Jason, was, uh, remind me, you asked about... Um, I mean, you kind of answered them there. You talked about the Seahawks. You talked about yeah. uh, season to date and kind of how you are thinking about things. And Yinka brought up something that, because early in the season we talked about a lot, is the take, you know, the loss of Stefan Diggs, those things. Miles, I guess, JR did write a bit about Justin Jefferson um, and, and kind of how the Vikings are using him in similar ways to how they would have used Stefan Diggs and how, you know, Justin Jefferson has been performing when given those opportunities. As we've rolled along now, because as bad as the Vikings are, and as much as we like to clown Kirk Cousins, like the offense really isn't the problem on this team. And Justin Jefferson of late has kind of made us, not, I won't say forget about you know the loss of Stefan Diggs, but he's at least lessened the blow of that a lot. I guess where we are now with how Justin Jefferson is performing overall, with how Kirk Cousins has performed season to date, I guess what are your thoughts on, on that? And I guess, is it just that the defense is hot garbage or is there anything else that you see as to why the Vikings are where they are at this point? I think there's a few things. I mean, so for me, obviously, so Jefferson, Justin Jefferson has been playing extremely well as a rookie. His first, you scratched the first two games more so because they didn't really get the opportunities. They didn't put him in the game. They put BC in because um, BC had a good camp and they didn't think Justin was, Jefferson was quite ready. That's fine. Um, and he didn't get a preseason, which is a, I think a big thing for a few of the Vikings players is this, this year, if they'd, I, even for Gary Kubiak, shoot, I think if Gary Kubiak had had a preseason, he might have started the regular season off a little bit better than he did because they were so vanilla the, the, to start the season with what they did on offense and on defense. Zimmer was trying to just keep things basic for his, his young guys. Gary was trying to just get his feet wet again. It's been a while. So I think, yes, Je Jefferson's looked really good. He's helped uh, complement Adam Thielen really well and into that role that what they needed opposite of Adam Thielen. They needed somebody that can help take the defense, uh, take the top off the defense while also um, helping take, atten take attention away from Adam Thielen. Jefferson's obviously been doing that. You saw that against Seattle. They shaded some of their coverage toward Jefferson um, like they would Stephon Diggs on a few occasions because he has that type of ability to get downfield, win with the ball in his hands, to do a little bit of all that. So um, that's what you needed from the, – the hard part is – to ask your rookie to be a guy to step up that much to uh, a role that Stefan Diggs had basically perfected. Um, I was not dis I, that was where I was the most disappointed in what, how the Vikings addressed the offseason. When they traded Stefan Diggs, like, like Yinka, I was very much was, Hey, this is, uh, they're going to struggle. They're going to have their issues. I knew that the foundation of the offense was still going to be there. I knew that the, the, the system and the, the scheme was going to be the same. So that, that at least was helpful for everybody else. I think, um, I actually still believe Adam Thielen's playing a little bit better than I even expected. Not that I believe he's a, uh, you know, a high level talent. Um, but I think I was worried with the fact of how was he going to perform without Stefan Diggs because he's so used to having somebody else to help attract that attention. But obviously Jefferson's helped do that um, a lot faster than I think any of us expected, but, and Kirk, Kirk's obviously played well. Um, he's uh, at, at times, I think, I think the biggest issue with me with this team is situationally. That's, they find the ways at the worst times to shoot themselves in the foot and to not win games. Well, we talk saw... to me about that because, you know, after the last game, that was one of the things that I know that you were 
I guess maybe uh, frustrated that wasn't getting enough attention. So after the last game, obviously there was a lot of talk about, you know, the video stills of uh, Alexander Madison could have done this thing, but like the video showed a different story. It was a quick hitting power play that was running, you know, (laughs) to a specific gap. He shot the gap. Our offensive line got whooped. Right. He didn't get the yard he needed to put the game away. Zimmer made the right decision to go for the, the win, go for the jugular, take the game out of Russell Wilson's hands, just win it right here and be done. Yep. We couldn't get a yard because Brian O'Neill got blown up and Madison and CJ Ham couldn't make his block. But like a lot of the attention was put on that. Um, which, you know, surprisingly, also, you know, like from a you know winning probability perspective, like that wasn't even like one of the key plays. We gave up two big fourth downs in yep. the following drive. But you want to take us back even further than that, because what you were really getting frustrated is that kind of the dramatic end to the game took a lot of the focus away from the reason that we were in a tight game to begin with. Exactly. That Kirk Cousins seemed to have a malfunction in the third quarter and basically just decided that he wanted to play in a tight game and single-handedly brought Seattle back into that game. So, Miles, I guess talk to me on that because that seems to go along with your point around situational awareness. Um, Overall, Kirk played a great game. If you look at it kind of statistically, PFF, other things, like Kirk played a strong game. But in crucial points of that third quarter, he made the plays that make it difficult sometimes to trust in him Long terms, he you know tightened up like he's known to do, and uh, yeah, I, would you point more to that than say the end of the game is the reasons the Vikings weren't able to pull things out versus Seattle? And uh, Miles, I also want you to uh, with while you're answering that, um, can you also maybe speak to Jefferson versus Diggs? Like maybe I'm wrong. I I see those as two different kind of players, style mm-hmm. th- them. Um, and I know, again, that we're, we're constantly talking about them as a replacement. So I guess I'm more thinking about, like, what are your thoughts about his role in the offense compared to what Stefan Diggs' role is in the offense? Because I see them as two different things. Yeah, I, I think it's more it's, – it's not really the exact, like, types of players they are. It's more about what they're being asked to do. Like, Jefferson's just being asked to do uh, some of that, like, deep post, deep clear-out routes, the, some of those routes to help – clear things out for the, uh, the over routes for Adam Thielen, the over routes for tight ends at times. Like Jefferson's being asked to help stretch the field, which Stephon Diggs was the, the master of in this offense in Minnesota. Um, obviously one of the best deep threats in the league last year. Jefferson's being asked to do that. There's a few other things that I think Kubiak, that maybe Stefanski didn't do last year that I wish he would have, is I felt like last year they left Stephon Diggs to play his one specific role rather than move him around the formations and ask him to do a little bit more. Um, especially when Thielen went out, I thought we did. I thought we were going to see Stephon Diggs move around the formation more, get him featured more often in the game, in games, uh, which they didn't do. And I think what they've done with Jefferson is they've moved him around and asked him to do a few different things that we may, maybe didn't even they didn't ask Diggs to do last year. Like they've they've given Jefferson a piece of the pie, but like a piece of that pie that helps cut away from Adam Thielen. So like they'll make the Thielen the X receiver in one play, and they'll move Jefferson to Z. I think that's where there's some of that interchangeable that Jefferson's being asked to do that Diggs didn't always get the opportunity to do. I felt like they let, they put Diggs at the X receiver last year and, and kept him there. Of course, that wasn't like 100% of the time, but majority of the time, that's what they looked like, what they did. With Jefferson, it seems like they're trying to find different ways to manu- manufacturally get him the ball, intermediate, 
um, and then obviously down down the field a little bit more. So, yeah, yes, I believe that they're they're different, but at the same time, they're still both guys are being asked to be more of that stretch the field vertical threat on this team that they because they don't really have anybody else to do it, especially since Thielen in his role that's not what his role is being asked to do. So they need another guy to complement that to help stretch the field. So that's what Jefferson's role is a little bit more. That's where I, th- I think there's comparison there. And they both did like digs. Jefferson's really good at, on the line of scrimmage, really good at getting open quickly. I think that's another uh, facet that has strong hands as well. So there's that. Aren't you good, Prince? Is he, can you answer my question or did you, did you have <laughs> an- Okay. So, I guess so- it was fine or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so talk to me about Kirk's meltdown, Miles. Yeah, and like so how yeah. why why you think that there should be more conversation around that, or or do you view that more as really like the pivotal part of the game was Kirk in the third quarter, and maybe like the ending is overshadowing kind of how we got there. So I think there's a there's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I so the Vikings were up thirteen to zero at half. Correct me if I'm wrong. They got the ball at half. I can't I can't quite remember it. Top of my head. They got the ball at half up 13-0. Kirk goes down and I think I think the first one was the fumble, if I'm not mistaken. And then the second, the second drive was the interception. I know at, at one point he obviously had two two turnovers and Seattle ended up scoring 21 points in like two minutes. Um two of those situations were because Kirk Cousins turned the ball over. Um the issue with that is you're up 13 to nothing and the offense should be trying to step on the throats of the of of Seattle. That's that should be the play. We're going to make sure that we put this game out of reach as quickly as we can because we know how quickly Russell Wilson can score, and we know how deadly against our young DBs, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett can be. We got to make sure that they have to that we can play a little bit more conservative on the back end, whereas we don't give up those big plays. And so when you when you get in those situations coming out of the the first coming into the second half up 13-0, what you can't do is you can't give the ball back in plus territory. So, like, if Kirk's going to throw a deep ball down the field and it gets picked off, that happens. That's – that you know, that stuff that stuff happens. You try to give your guy an opportunity, whatever. What Kirk – what didn't happen is he gave the ball up in situations where Seattle had opportunities in, the, in plus territory. So, you basically put your defense in a really shitty situation. Excuse my language, but, you know, it is what it is. Like you, you put your, you put them in a really bad situation multiple times, not just once, twice. I, I do like the fact that Kirk was able to rebound off of it and had a good strong fourth quarter. That's important. But at the same time, if you don't have some of those meltdowns in the third quarter up 13-0, I'm not saying Seattle wouldn't have made their, made their way back into the game. They probably would have what we've seen from Russell Wilson, but we don't know that. Don't give them, don't give them the opportunities to come back by on the offensive side of the ball. The offense should never be giving the other team opportunities to win the game. It should be all like the defense was doing a really good job of containing Russell Wilson, not letting DK Metcalf win down the field uh, early in the game. Uh, you, you really hurt yourself in those situations, situationally up 13, zero, putting your defense in minus territory multiple times on back-to-back drives. And then you kind of swing that momentum back to Seattle. People talk about momentum as if it's not real. It is. We know it is, you know, people deflate, People start getting down on themselves. People start questioning situations that happened, you know, prior. Um, Seattle felt like they were starting to gain momentum back, and we saw it. They went up. What I thought was going to happen was the Vikings were going to fold and the game was going to be a wrap by the end of the third quarter. I'm impressed with the fact that they were able to come back and retake the lead 
and obviously should have won the game. They didn't. But again, that does come back to situationally. You put yourself in a situation where you had to be damn near perfect to win that football game at the end, and you weren't. And so, and that comes, goes back to the multiple games that they've lost this year. They've lost in key situations of the game, situationally. And what I'm done doing with this team is you have a veteran head coach, you have a veteran quarterback, you have a veteran offense. I'm sick of giving them the benefit of the doubt or like letting them off the hook for not winning games on, on the offensive side of the ball. You can score points, that's great. But if you're not doing it situationally, if you're, not st- if you're still making those mental mistakes to crush yourself, you're not doing yourself any favors to win games. So you're, and you can't expect yourself to win games. Zimmer is a, an experienced head coach who's supposed to be good with young, unex- inexperienced defensive players. I believe the defense has gotten better. He's supposed to be. I'm not saying he is. He's supposed to be that guy. If you're telling me he's a defensive guru, he's a, show me, right? Show me that. They've gotten better. I'm glad, like, the progress we've started to see from guys like Jeff Gladney. Mike Hughes played a good game. I think Cameron Dancer will get there a little bit eventually there. Um, they're, they're starting to come together a little bit. That's a good thing. That's what we want to see. But I'm done giving those guys the benefit of the doubt or, like, letting them off the hook for being one and four. You have an experienced team who's running the ball successfully, who's supposed to be really good in, in play action, which they, they recently have been. And you're supposed to have a better defense the first four weeks of the season than you have. So whether, like, even if they're inexperienced or not, you're supposed to be better than what they were. I'm done with the excuses of being one and four. And stop telling me that, well, this team's better than, they, than their record is. No, they're not, because they're not beating teams. Like, you, you don't get to say that you're better than what you are if you're not winning games. Like, win the football games, and then we can come talk. I'm sick of the, well, they came really close to beating good teams. Well, okay, but they didn't beat, those, they didn't beat those, those good teams. Until Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins can start consistently beating those good teams, why am I supposed to be excited about this season? Yeah. Well, Jason, I think you would ask me earlier about moral their victories. And, yeah, you would ask me about moral victories and stuff. And I mean, I've had enough conversations with my friends who are Vikings fans and stuff. And it's, you know, oftentimes, you know, the fact that Justin Jefferson it has has played as well as he has. Yes, it's a moral victory, you can say. Um, but it's 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 not a moral victory in the in the terms of just like, yeah, we have we now know we have a really good player. We've been asking for first round wide receivers to perform the way that Justin Jefferson has shown himself to perform over the last couple of games. Um, we're talking about it in terms of us getting over our ex Stefan Diggs, so that's a moral victory. But that hasn't necessarily correlated to to wins, right? It hasn't necessarily correlated to this team showing that it can consistently beat the good teams because we're one and four. There's to me, moral victories when you're one and four mean nothing because that that uh, that ultimately translates into I need to feel better about my team because the reality of it is is I have to accept that they are bad and not just bad but they're bad bad right and, and, and bad our, bad because there's almost hope in being bad bad we're mediocre uh, bad which no, is the, well, which is the issue which is the Everybody, issue we're no, never okay. bad 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 never like no, we're never no, all no. the way bad we're never get like top of the player in the like the top player in the draft bad we're we're picking in the teens bad which is just kind of like eh. you know but like I think, but i think that gets people hope too it it, it makes yes. people believe like oh we're, yeah we're one player away or we're a right guard or left guard away and like no, that like the team fundamentally what like miles was saying is 
that's always been my issue with uh, not just Kirk, but all, like you said, Miles, also Zim, because I expect Zim, I don't expect him to always coach a perfect game. I know that other players have good, uh, I don't know other team has good players as well too, but there's there's games every single year where you look at it and I'm like, Zim, what was that game plan? What, you, regardless of whether you have uh, uh, vets or you have like younger players, like what were you trying to, what were you stopping in that game that I really felt like, oh, Zim came in with a game plan and this is what he was going to do. And then I'm as sorry. far as Kirk, I, like, I feel like I have to be flip here, but like, is this like after the Seattle game? Like, the, cause I feel like Zim did, he pushed all the right buttons he, he, in that game against Seattle. It feels kind of weird right now coming out of the game that we just watched them play against Seattle. Not, but to but put, that's the thing, like to this take out, about Mike Zimmer, like they, I know they lost. I, I'm saying, it, like, I'm saying in total, I'm saying in totality okay. because I haven't been able to necessarily speak about that. Like Zim, I said, I would say for the most part, yes, he called. I was okay with the decisions that he made in the Seattle game. Like he was trying to win, you know. And I think we've faulted Zim in the in the past because he hasn't tried to step on the jugular. He hasn't tried to be more aggressive as he should be. So I'm not going to fault him for that. It's just again, it's also hard to reconcile. With the team being one and four, I do blame the head coach and the quarterback because you saw the quarterback self-destruct. You saw him in other games not play well. And then as on the other side of coin, Zim is supposed to be there to help – like those two should complement each other in my opinion, and they're not consistently. Like if, if, if Kirk is going to explode, I want the defense to step up. If the defense isn't playing so well, I want Kirk to step up. And what you're having is like – when they're both kind of just consistently making those mistakes, I mean, this is the case for anyone, but um, it just seems like this team can never get over that hump because, because it, it, again, it requires both these people to call near-perfect games for us to consistently win. Well, and, and what I'm sick of, too, is the, well, we'll just reload and we'll, be, we'll, t- we'll take that momentum into next year as if, like, just – like doing this every other year, flash in the pan situation is like in a should be an acceptable like strategy. Like, no, I want to win it, one miles. Right, right. We just need one, and it's all worth it. All the years of suffering have been worth it if we just win one. I well, yes, and, but this strategy they they've used the same strategy for fifty years. Has it worked? It hasn't worked. Like no, they, they it has did not. the Super Bowl. They made it the Super Bowl four times in the seventies. That's great. They lost, which sucks. But like they figured out a way to to like be successful back then. But they've done the same strategy for like the last forty to fifty, like, you know, forty years, forty to fifty years since. Where they'll like you like we like you said, they're never really bad, but they're never real. They're they're rarely elite enough to win a Super Bowl. And when and they you know what don't and then they then they self self implode the following year like it's never a consistent oh we're going to continue to be a uh, like perennial playoff team perennial push for the super bowl type of team we're always a oh we'll take this year to rebuild and then next year we're we're ready to go and that's what we've seen and i'm i'm like i'm like so over it at this point like if you're not going to start giving me consistency as a chance to have hope for a championship stop telling me oh we're just you know, we'll get him. We'll get him next year when we when we get a new left guard and a new right guard, and we get a D a three tech because all that's so easy to do. Like all those things, all these players will be so much better than they were the, next year than they are now. Like all these people are just going to be that much better. The team, like, and 
again, I'm, I expect next year's team, if still assembled the way it is now, to be a, a playoff team. But then what? <laughs> like, again, we just go into that, oh, we'll make a run, maybe win a playoff game. And then well, we'll the run. Well, the run starts uh, this week because again, you know, we should have used Yinkas, but we didn't. So we're on we're on the free zoom, not the Yinka zoom. And uh, so time is short, and like we almost have ended this thing without even acknowledging that the run begins this week because we're playing my old home hometown team, which they're even worse. Birds. They're even worse than we are. Playing bad. So, hey, hey, the Vikings are about to play some bad teams. Yeah, we're about to play get... some bad teams. So as we get. Talk to me about what you expect to have happen in this upcoming game or even this stretch of games. Run, where, run, me, down this, run me down the schedule real quick. I so don't have... We got Atlanta coming up. Let's start there. They're one of the few teams that we're facing that uh, they're worse than us in any metric, any ranking that you want to oh. go to. Atlanta is below us. Unfortunately for Matt, uh, for, for Matt, for Miles, your boy, Matt Ryan. Yep. Eh. Yep. Yeah. So how do we expect this one to go? Yenka? Yeah, go ahead. I, you go first. I, as much as I am hoping for the Atlanta to continue to implode, I do think that the Vikings will scrape out a win against them um, because I think that they're going to uh, – I think they're going to play, like, not well at all. Do we think so, this game happens? We'll find uh, yes, out tomorrow. Not on, but not on Sunday. I don't we'll, think it happens. We'll, we'll know tomorrow. Okay. All right, so Miles, what what are you what are your thoughts on 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 the upcoming matchup? And it's it's I, Viking, it's Falcons, Packers, Lions, yeah. Bears. I won't be surprised if the Vikings win three of the next like five or six games. That that won't surprise me. Like they'll they'll go on some mini run. That won't surprise me at all. I think they'll like be. Makes a, you, doesn't sound like it's making you very happy either, though. I mean, media being mediocre is fun, but like if you're gonna be too if you're gonna be too good to be bad, like to be really bad to have a good enough draft pick. Then, but you're not going to be good enough to make the playoffs. Then, what's what's it all for? Moral uh, moral victories. Moral victories. DVOA. We're going to be a top ten DVOA team, and miss not the in the playoffs. <laughs> Miles, like to to the, one point I wanted to jump off of is I, the elephant in the room is what you're talking about about the team not being good over the hump. I think we also need to reconcile that all the good players that are in the league. Um, that have some semblance of ego with them are typically not a good fit for the team because I would say organization and fan base doesn't want those kind of players on our team. And I think to be able for us to actually be able to get over that hump, we need a little bit more seasoning. We need some dogs on this team. We do. We We really need some folks with some spices in in, in their cupboard at home. I feel what you're putting. I'm picking up what you're putting down. But we're about to get cut off here. So uh, we're all calling it Vikings win this week. Vikings. Yeah. All around. All across the board. Well, Prince, Mm -hmm. it was good to have you back. Miles, as always, good to chat with you. Listeners, thanks for sticking with us. And then.